This is the ElectionWise podcast from Minnesota Public Radio News. I'm Molly Bloom. And I'm Curtis Gilbert. Each week we take a question about the election, the candidates, or the issues, and we dig up an answer for you. This week, Jerry Carrier from Lakeville has a question about polling. Well, based on the unprecedented voter turnout in the presidential primaries and the fact that polls are based off of likely voters, how accurate are the polls and how are likely voters chosen? Can I just say how excited I am that we get to do a show about polling? Well, you're really lucky because there's going to be a lot of polls between now and the election. All right, let's start with polling basics. Why do you have a bag of M&Ms? Well, basically, the scientific theory behind every poll is that if I reach my hand into this bowl of M&Ms and count up how many red ones I got, how many yellow ones, blue ones, and green ones, I can predict with a pretty high degree of certainty how many red, blue, green, and so on M&Ms there are in the whole bowl. But the tricky thing about this is that when you do that with a big population in a country the size of the United States, you quickly find out that people aren't like M&Ms. And getting your random sample is just the first part. second part, and this is where it gets fun, is about trying to identify what the likely electorate is. That's Mark Blumenthal. I'm the editor and publisher of Pollster.com. We turn to him to help us understand the art of determining a likely voter, and because he thinks it's fun. Now, there's not one standard method for determining a likely voter. Basically, every pollster has a slightly different approach. And the challenge here is that asking someone if they're likely to vote is not unlike asking you if you're going to keep your New Year's resolution on New Year's Day. That's because people have this feeling that they're supposed to vote, even though a lot of people don't. So when pollsters ask, are you likely to vote, they get a about an 80 to 90 percent of people saying yes. Well, turnout rates are usually a little under 60 percent. Do you want to see if you're a likely voter? <laughs> Do I ever? So I have here the list of questions that Gallup uses to determine likely voters for their polls. And by the way, Jerry Carrier, our question asker, got seven out of seven. So are you ready? Bring it on. And please play along at home. How much have you thought about the upcoming elections for president? Quite a lot or only a little? Quite a lot. It is part of my job. Next, do you happen to know where people who live in your neighborhood go to vote? No. I just moved, so I actually have no idea where my polling place is. Well, sorry. If you said yes, that would have been another point. Have you ever voted in your precinct or election district? No. I just moved. (laughs) Sorry. That would have been a point for yes. How often would you say you vote? Always? Nearly always? Part of the time? Or seldom? Nearly always. I've probably missed one. Great. So give yourself a point if you said always or nearly always. And do you plan to vote in the presidential election this November? Yes, absolutely. So for yes, that's a point. In the last presidential election, did you vote for John Kerry or George Bush? Or did things come up to keep you from voting? And you don't have to say who you voted for, just that you voted for one of them. Uh, Yes, I did vote in that election. So that's another point. So if one represents someone who will definitely not vote and 10 represents someone who definitely will vote, where on the scale would you place yourself? Oh, 10. I definitely will vote. So great. If you gave yourself between a 7 and a 10, that is another point. So what was your score? I thought you were keeping track. You got 5. 5 out of 7. So for the purposes of this poll, you are not a likely voter. And they've actually done studies where they go back and see whether the people they think are going to be likely voters in these polls have actually showed up to vote. And there's a pretty strong correlation, although it's never perfect. But as Jerry asked earlier, will these models still work this year, even with increased turnout? And will it make a difference if a lot of those new voters are young people? You don't decide beforehand what portion of your sample should be under 30 and what portion should be African-American and what portion should be female. Uh, You try to to get a representative sample of adults that allows people to select themselves. So you're, you're sort of measuring who is expressing that they're likely to vote and letting their 
demographic composition fall where it may. And if the representative sample is good, it shouldn't affect the results if more young people turn out. So that would take care of it if one group happens to have increased turnout. But what it doesn't take care of is if participation is up across the board. And it's true that many pollsters choose their sample with the idea in mind that there's going to be about 60 percent turnout. If participation rates are far higher across all demographics and particularly driven by one candidate. Democrats and supporters of Barack Obama are far more enthusiastic. The results could be misleading. So Mark Blumenthal has some advice. Look at a lot of polls. Don't try to focus on just one or two. And we also have to remember that the election isn't till November. How does a poll in June do in predicting an election? Well, the record there is not very good. At this point in 1992, Bill Clinton was running third behind George H.W. Bush and Ross Perot. And in 1988, Bush was behind Dukakis. So it's always a good idea to remember that they're just a snapshot at this point and that the campaign still lies ahead. This has been the ElectionWise podcast. If you have a question, send it to us on our website, minnesotapublicradio.org. Go to the programs menu and click election-wise. It's a lot of fun to do. Or you can phone in your question. It's 651-228-4844. Special thanks to Mark Blumenthal of pollster.com. He has a series of detailed blog posts about likely voters in the frequently asked questions section of his website if you want some more information on the subject. Normally we'd be thanking our editor Mike Mulcahy for doing silly voices in the podcast at this time, but he's on vacation this week. So we've replaced him with a bag of M&M's. Can we eat them now? I can't think of anything I'd rather do. For Minnesota Public Radio News, I'm Molly Bloom. I'm Curtis Gilbert. Is that good? It's only good when people listen. But if people don't listen to it, then it's no good.